0: I'm standing here and I want to share you something. Mm-mm. You know, um, I'm sure you have a boy, boy and girl, and will you raise them? It'll resent out, God bless you. Uh, but I have a four year old boy, and he's a rascal. I mean, I mean, 10 out of 10 things I would tell him, it takes three, four times repetition, re emphasis. And he just doesn 't seem to plug in very well, and he 's you know interested in his chocolate, his his candies and his games and um, and you know, at the end of the day, my wife and I will sit in the sofa and go, <gasps> <sighs> then this amazing thing happens in the morning because you get up and you 're on that breakfast table enjoying that peaceful cup of coffee. And your boy rubs his eyes and, oh my, the trouble just begins another day. <laughs> but he comes to you rubbing his eyes and he just embraces in your arms and he looks up and I'm hungry. <laughs> but you look into that eyes and it is like, ah, you're beautiful. What is it about us, parents? I think, I mean, what, what is it in me that I see that little boy in the morning is God, hmm, you're beautiful. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but the fact that he is my son has fulfilled all the requirement for my whole hearted love into his heart. And I I have no other reply but to give him a full embrace in the morning and said, What would you like? (laughs) But when I stand here as I look at the body of Christ, the children, the sons and the daughter of Christ sitting right here together, while I am also his son, I also sense the heart of the Spirit just looking at you and saying, Ah, my child, my child, my child, and he is pleased over you. Zephaniah 3.17 says, I am so pleased over you, I can't remain seated. I got to get up, and you're, you're just shaking my heart. And I'm sure God right now is feeling just like that, looking at you and wanting to satisfy you. When you approach him and says, "Da da, Abba, I'm hungry. I'm hungry for you. I'm hungry for your nourishment. I'm hungry for your message. I'm hungry for your promise. I'm hungry for your assurance. I'm hungry for you." And isn't God great? Oh, okay, thank you. Okay, I'll leave that as a backup. Oh, I got my voice. (laughs) And he is saying to you, yes, come ye, all those who are weary and heavy laden, and I will satisfy you. I will give you rest. I will give you all that you need so that you may grow onto everything that I seek you to be. Everything that I design you to be, I will make sure you become. Everything that you require for the journey, I will fill. Even your little side desire that no one knows, that I will respond to because you are my child. Why don't you give yourself an embrace? <laughs> ah. uh, you, uh, can I teach you a Korean? I'm a Korean ethnic. Um, Joa. Oh, can you say after me? Joa. jo-a. Say, ah jo-a. ah, joa. Oh, it means oh, so good. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it means. And i like you to just remember that. And i just like you to just uh, go like this. Okay, come on, come on. Okay. Oh. Ah, Joa. <laughs> okay, if that's not. Uh, satisfactory. Now, I just want you to embrace your wife, embrace your husband, embrace your friend, your child, just someone next to you, but let no one be without an embrace. Come on, guys. I know this feels awkward. I know it does. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. (laughs) Achoo. You see, that's how God wants you to feel. That's how He feels when He is embracing you. And today, this Lord's day, He has intentionally designed so that out of seven days, you will always find that time to get out of your normal mode and focus only on the One who gives us perfect rest. And therefore, He rested not for Himself, but for us so that we may for eternity find rest in the Creator who gives us shalom. Amen, amen. What a great God we serve. I'm ready to go to cookout. (laughs) But before that, yep, let's eat some Word of God. And as we open the Word of God today, uh, I was just uh, blessed to know what God has desired for you. And so my prayer is that God will say everything that He needs to say for you through me by His Spirit. So can you ask that together with me that that will happen? Let's pray. Father God, thank You that You are God who loves us, loves us so much that You have sent Your one and only Son, Not out of spontaneity, but out of your great divine plan. Father, from the book of Genesis, you have planned to send your Son to us so that there may be a way where there is no way. While there was no way for us to reach you, you are the living God who chose to come to us. And come to us in a manner that we may see, touch, and understand in the full incarnational manifestation of your Son, Jesus Christ. So that, Father, you may live with us, you may walk with us, you may, Father, do everything with us and relate to us and also to show us your love for us by Letting your son die on that shameful cross, the death that we were supposed to die, with the thorns on the head for our evil thoughts and intentions, with those huge nails on hands and feet for all the things that we do with our hands and feet that is against your good will. And your son was pierced into the heart Father, dropping every drop of water and blood so that, Father, we may be cleansed through the blood of Jesus Christ, not just partially, not progressively, but in totality to those who believe in Your name. And, Father, You have given Your Son a new resurrection so that, Father, we may come to life with Christ So that whoever is in Christ is no longer old, but is made new. And Father, today we sit here, not as an old wineskin, but as a new, born again, children of Jesus Christ. The joint heir of your kingdom. We sit here with your eternal promise. That, Father, when you return, we will rule together the whole universe that you have created with your Son, Jesus Christ. And that we will be your joy forevermore. When the King of kings and the Lord of lords comes and restores everything back to what is very good in your sight. Oh, Lord. If you gave us your Son, will you not give us everything that we ask for and need with your Son? Isn't that your promise for us today? So today, as we listen to your Word, as we listen to your living Word, help us to hold tight onto the promise. And Father... Let us walk boldly in this world as a shining light and a beacon to the dark, grim, and dying world so that, Father, they may see you through our lives. So that they may see you through our proclamation and so that they may dance with us, the dance we dance in the joy that only Christ can bring. We love you. Good morning. Holy Spirit, guide us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bible with you, I just want you to turn to the book of Genesis chapter 8 and just leave it open there time and again. I'm going to go back and forth into the Word. And you will just want to look into it, okay? And then we will share the Word. Now, in Genesis chapter 8, in verse 1, we see something very dramatic happening. Now, just before in chapter 7 and 6 is the story of Noah's flood. Now, in this flood, a lot of people think, if God is so loving, how could He bring such a flood? But, uh uh-oh, behold, that is a word of those who do not know God. It looks like this. When I chasten my son, I chasten him because I love him. Even the book of Proverbs says, those who love their child will surely chasten their child. Why? So, because when you chasten and discipline your child, the evil in his heart will depart and he will know the right way and forever he will not depart from it. Because I want him to walk into the walk of way of life, I will continuously love him, but at the same time, love him in a disciplined manner. Now, please remember, the Bible sounds totally different to a son. And what's another word for not a son? Non-son. Okay, if that's a word. Someone who has a relationship and someone who doesn't have a relationship has a totally different understanding of the word. And I just want you to see what happened. You see, in chapter 6, if you look at it, God was aching because since Cain killed his brother, when God said, do not kill, do not, do not do not. The sin is at the door. You can't control it. Why? Because I'm here with you. My spirit is with you. You have the power to control yourself and you do not have to sin. And yet, what does Cain do? He lifts up the rock and kills his brother Abel because of jealousy. Because I was not accepted to God in my term. But isn't that our world today? People want to reject God and say God is dead because why? He will not come into my terms because he will not allow me to do my thing. You see, sin begins when I choose to go my way instead of God's way. But that sin begins of hundreds of hundreds of years after Cain. If you look at the chronology, Adam lives over 900. Uh, so does Seth live over 900. They live eight to 900 in average. And hundreds of years a history just passed, and God looked at the man. And do you know what my man of God, the the children of God did? They saw woman and any woman they liked in their hearts, whatever looked good in their own eyes. They just grabbed them and took them as their wives, whether it be thousand, two thousand, we do not know. But you see, they broke the order. They broke the harmony. They broke the very beautiful picture that God has created. And no matter how much God kept on emphasizing, do not, do not, do not. No, that's not the way. Men continue to walk into sin. Why do I emphasize this? Because isn't this us? Every morning, We, don't we, even though Holy Spirit touched us yesterday, the day before, He has saved us miraculously. He has healed us. He has done wonderful things in our lives. But when I wake up in the morning, isn't there a jealousy in me? Isn't there a hatred towards other people in me? When I turn on the news, rather than realizing that I too am a sinner, am I not busy judging other people for their sins when I know that my job as a saved sinner is to reach my arms and words to them and say, Jesus loves you too. Isn't this us? Isn't this us? You see, we cannot sit here thinking that we are some kind of a saints. We are sinners saved by the grace of God. And until we realize that the word does not come alive because the word is a word written to sinners. And unless one, the recipient, realizes and actually agrees the fact that I am a sinner, this message will never, never come alive. I'm in academia right right now, studying hours and hours and hours, and I see two different groups of academia. One is those who study the Word as a literature, the Word of God as a fiction, the Word of God as a good story. The Word of God as some kind of a narrative, meaningful narrative. But let me tell you, when I read the Word of God, along with so many other people of God who died for their faith, they held on to the Word of God as the living God. It is only when I realize that the One who loves me have chosen to reveal Himself in as much as He desired, in a way He desired, that this is a letter written to those sinners. And when I realize that I too am now a letter, a, a fragrance. Father, that has, he has planted in this world so that people may know the truth of God through me, through us, through the body of Christ. Until I understand that, I don't realize what is happening here. You see, God is aching. Ah, he regrets, he says, but that regret is a painful agony because I have a son and my son does not love me. My son does not seek me. My son does not want to know me. My son has departed. And even though my spirit dwells with them, they intentionally desire to do wrong, to sin means to miss the mark. To sin means to reject his way. To sin means to have a wrong angle of his view. And I want to tell you, you see, God does not want to bring a flood. But you see, when there is no one in the world seeking God, this world no longer has a purpose of existence. Let me say that again, when there is no one in this world seeking God, there is no longer a purpose for the existence of this world. My baby's room was created for my baby. If my baby's gone, my nest is gone too. Do you see a bird living in his nest? No. When the chicks are gone, when they fly away, the nest is forsaken. No matter how many hours I put in, no matter how beautiful I made it, when my babies are gone, the nest is no longer useful. The world is simply our nest. A beautiful nest. A wonderful nest that God has portrayed and made in accordance to His beauty so that we may resonate and be able to celebrate the beauty. It's a world of harmony and order, just like the God who created with harmony and order. He Himself is the power. He Himself is the physical power that creates everything and sustains everything. Oh, a lot of people try to read Genesis 1 like a myth. Well, let me tell you what Genesis is really trying to tell you. Through Genesis, God is saying, everything I created, let there be light, let there be land, let there be plants. I'll try three more times. Okay. Let me try this. And it looks good. It looks good. He creates animal. Woo! looks good. But when he, in chapter 1, verse 20 says, Let us make man in our image so that he may rule, so that he may fill, so that he may be abundantly over this whole universe. May he be created with our spirit in him. Just like us, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Just like us. And when they were created, put in the garden of Eden the best of best of places, in the most safest place, in the most joyful place, God looks at the completed picture and says, What? Two more times. <laughs> he says, What? He says, Fall after me. Ah, Chua. <laughs> Oh, you forgot it already? <laughs> That's amazing. Okay, go after me. Ah, Chua. Ah, <laughs> it's Choa, Chua, Chua. You see, God is so happy because it's just, um, you are the cream of the crop. You are the cherry on the top. You are the very epitome of beauty. You are, you are, mm, mamma mia, beautiful. So can you just tell that person to next to you, look into their brown eyes and say, Mamma Mia. Okay. (laughs) Say, beautiful. If you haven't said that to your wife for a while, this is your chance. Come on. Turn to your wife and husband. Beautiful. Amen. Amen. Beautiful you are. In the eyes of God, you are beautiful. But when man loses God, when man chooses to be God, when the created being wants to be the creator, when in itself does not have the power to be a creator, this is what happens. He, she, the, the woman looks up at the fruit, forbidden fruit, and it looks good. See that? Not what God looked good, but what she thought was good. When men looked at the woman, different, different women of this world with, with no fear for God, with no love for God, they were looking at the woman, and any woman they saw looked good, they grabbed. In this day and age, that's called what? Rape? In this and age, what is that called? Uh, abduction? But yet, they were doing something that God was never, ever happy about. And when people choose to live in accordance to what looks good in my own eyes, that's when the world disintegrates. I say this because isn't this our world today? People want to define what is good. People want to decide what is good. But in fact, what they are saying is, I am the one that should determine what is right and wrong. I am the one Who should determine who says what and who says not? Because mankind continuously chooses to forsake the authority of God's word, we are left to define everything on our own terms. And when you do that, you are left with what? Chaos. You are left with anarchy. And when you are left with chaos, it returns to the very state that God has began His creative work. In chapter 1, Genesis verse 1, in the beginning God created the heaven and earth, but what was there? There was chaos. There was disorder. Amongst disorder, God brings order. Amongst nothingness, ex nihilo God creates something Okay. you are the church you are the beautiful body of Christ you are the apple in his eyes you are the joy in his embrace and this is called the house of God not because it is titled the house of God but because my children is living here because my children is worshipping the God one and only it is because of God if this has any significance is because of God and his children that this world has any significance we are truly meaningful in the existence of this world why because God loves us with all of his heart and all of his will and it aches him aches him too much to see my child walking away from my love walking away from my house walking away Something that will eventually kill himself. Mm. And God regrets. Why? But that regret is an agony. Do you feel the agony that God has for us? Do you feel the agony that God has for this world when you watch the news? Do you feel the agony when you look into the history? Do you feel the agony when you read the Bible? For we are sinners. floating on top of lifeless water because no living being with a breath in his nostril or its nostril is alive except in that very ark that God has ordained God has requested Moses commanded Moses, I'm sorry, Noah to make in that ark that he designed by breath and death in that very heart the animals that God has called are in there and the Noah and his family are in there and God did not forget it God remembered but do you know why this word is so important remember because you think about it think deeply now God knows what's in our hearts God knows that when Noah gets back on the ground and he has children and his children has children, do you know what will happen? Sin will abound again. Babylon will come back. Syria will come back. The tower. Before we get into this song, let me just tell you what God laid upon my heart. As I've been praying for you, as I've been asking the Lord, what is your message for this church, for your children? And at first, I had all the list. Oh, God, this sounds good. This sounds good. This sounds good. This sounds good. (laughs) Then he suddenly said, Genesis chapter 8. Oh, so I had a rebuttal session yesterday. Are you sure, Genesis? That's... Pretty floody i mean I, <coughs> do, do do you really want Genesis chapter eight, and you know you sometimes you really want to know the heart of god i mean why I, I, are you sure of Genesis chapter eight, and he will not budge, he will just mm Genesis chapter eight I mean I study through chapter eight I, I I know what that means, but really, what are you trying to say then i remember uh, in the in the coolness of the morning, this morning, I just uh, sat down on the chair, looking at my baby sleeping on the sofa. Oh, by the way, we came to the Smith Mountain Lake. Uh, my in-laws came from my country, so I thought, you know, why de- Why don't I let them enjoy the jungle of real nature rather than the jungle of the cities? You know, so we are enjoying the beauty of Smith Mountain Lake right now, and. Uh, I was just seeing, looking at my baby that I put to sleep like the that night before, and I just sat there and asked God, God, what is it? Why? Why would you choose Genesis chapter 8? And that was the very voice. You know, don't you just love when God just lays it in your heart as you read the scriptures? Verse 1 I remembered. Rocky Mount Baptist Church, he remembers you. He knows you. He's listening to you. your desire, your heartache, your heart longing, your uncertainty, your passion, your vision, your deep sigh, He is listening. And He says, I love the church. I remember the church. And this is the promise. If He remembers you, He has already provided the way. Please hold fast to that promise today. If He knows you and your name too, If he remembers you, he has already prepared the way. And he's going to take you. He's going to lead you no matter what. He's got to guide you in a way that you might not understand. But oh, he surely knows. And he will make sure that on the way, you are provided with every help that you require, everything that you might need, every person you might need as a helper. God has already provided. You see, that's why he is not only a God, Ebenezer, who has led us this far, But he's also God, Emmanuel, who is always with us. He's God, Yehovah, Jehovah, Nisi. He is our victorious God. He is our provider. He is our protector. He is the very castle we hide in in the times of trouble. And he is the one who prepares the way. When there is no way. And as you live every single day, this is what I want you to remember, please. This is what I, you and I must remember. That when there was no living breath on the surface of the earth, And Noah was looking out to the sky, sending his birds out. The only living being that he could place his hope on was the living God who remembered Noah. It is the living God who remembers you. It is the living God who has already given his son Jesus Christ and says if you believe in my son you are already my son and all that i want from you now is set your eyes on me so that i will fill your spirit every morning so that i may enrich you with my word every morning so that i may show you my hands and feet every day through your life of faith focus, set your eyes on me so that I may guide you because I want to reveal myself to you. I want to show you how great I am. I want to show you how much I love you. I want to show you. I want to walk with you, talk with you and love you and sleep with you. I want to share with you. I want to cherish with you, cry with you. I want you because you are in my eyes so good hmm. to be so good in your eyes as well where is your focus this morning are you looking up to our risen Lord our God our Savior and are you enjoying every moment of your Sunshiny day as well as the rainy day. Looking at the one who looks at you and says, "So good, Ah Choa." May you live this week, confessing to God every single day. Ah Choa. Need you. Let me pray for you. You have looked at everything that you have created and said, it is very good. Oh God, when you look at us, when you see us, no matter how sinful we are, no matter how dirty we might be, no matter how shameful we are, no matter how much we are suffering in pain, in the pus of our sins, no matter what the state of our heart is right now, when you look at us, when you look at us, it is so good. So good that you have given us your one and only Son. You have loved us so much as our Father more than anyone could ever ask for. So today, Father, Abba, we lift our eyes onto you and confess, Lord, I need you to the one who remembers me, to the one who remembers my name, to the one who remembered me from the womb of my mother, from the one who remembered me from the time of creation, from the one who remembers me every single morning. To the one who is joyful over me, to the one who sings over me. I need you. Every moment of our day, help us to run to you. Help us to, Father, latch onto you. Help us to gaze on you. Help us to hold your hands. Help us to feel your warmth. Help us to sing your name, and help us, Lord, to give everything in our hearts to you. Oh God, what a beautiful day you have allowed us. Let us walk out that door, no longer as we came, but as a brand new man in Jesus Christ a loving Son, a Son who is cherished and adored by the living God. Help us to be bold as a lion, creative as you are. Let us walk out that door as a shining light and a beacon for your glory. And let us, Father, sing according to the tune of your Spirit so that, Father, we may be a living testimony to everyone who sees us. We love you, we love you, we love you. Therefore, we will obey. Fill us, Lord, now, today, with your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray.